You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out in the Caldwell Banker Group 1 Realty Studio in West Monroe. If you're just joining us, where you been? 7 o'clock hour is a good time. Top 10 Thursday continues to roll along. Today's subject topic, best calls of all time, and it has been difficult. Guy that's had a great call or two in his career, Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers, joins us for his weekly visit on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. What up, bud? What's up, gentlemen? Hope you're having a good uh, Thursday. Boy, this week has flown by. Yeah, it, well, for some, I guess. Uh, <laughs> hey, today we're uh, discussing great calls of all time. And, Chris, you've had a lot of them in your career and uh, I, I want to set you up here, and uh, we dug this one out of the archives. This was a magnificent call. I pushed hard to get it on our top ten list. My buddy over here, Jake, would not go for it. But uh, this is what it sounded like when you were employed by Georgia Southern and you guys made a trip to the swamp. But here it is, guys, barring a penalty. A penalty, that is, eight seconds remain. Fourth down and two at the 16-yard line. Snapped a morning wing. Looking right, moving. Looking, throwing, catch is made, and it's over and complete. Georgia Southern will win this one. The Eagles drain the swamp. Happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year, Eagle Nation. Remember this day, November 23rd, 2013. Georgia Southern just beat Florida 26-20. to Hey, now. Woo. Well done, Blair. I'm sure you heard that a time or two before. Set that up for us, what that was like. You all right? <laughs> Are we losing? Chris, you there? Chris Hello? Blair joins. Chris, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, we just played the call from uh, Georgia Southern versus Florida. Uh, we're doing top ten greatest calls of all time. That was certainly one of the, your best calls, I'm sure. What was that like to have a moment like that? Well, it was a lot of fun, but you have to remember, I mean, if you've ever been down to, to play Florida in anything, um, they make it very difficult to like them. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it was um, – we we knew that Georgia Southern had a very good team. They were leading the country in rushing. Um, they run the triple option. They run it very effectively. Uh, they did not complete a pass in that game against Florida. They attempted two, if memory serves, uh, but they just ran it right at them. Um, and it was a big win. They were making the transition from FCS to FBS the following year. They were in the first year of um, when you can't play anything for postseason. So going to Florida to finish the season was kind of a bowl game. And uh, for those guys to go down there, nobody gave them a shot. Uh, for them to pull that out, it was it was, it was exciting. Certainly one of the one of the great moments in, in my career, to say the very least, but it was just a lot of fun beating Florida, which is always fun. As that thing's winding down, do you start to think of maybe perhaps things that you can say, or is it strictly ad-lib at that moment? Well, no, it was it was mostly ad-lib. I mean, part of it was that I, for the first time, was going to miss Thanksgiving with my family because that was mm. the Saturday before Thanksgiving, and I was going to leave Gainesville uh, actually, on Sunday morning after that game, and fly to Cancun for a uh, Cancun Challenge basketball tournament, which would last through Thanksgiving. So, 
um, you know, I left on that Friday to go to Gainesville and, you know, thought, my goodness, I haven't, I haven't had a Thanksgiving away from family and, you know, at that time, 40 years, uh, 39 years, whatever the case may be. Um, and so I thought, wow, that's weird. So Thanksgiving was on my mind, but I guess if you were going to, you know, celebrate a holiday, uh, the fact that you beat Florida was, you know, right up there with you. But I think if you're a Georgia Southern fan, uh, that date will always be a day that is going to be celebrated along with Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. Chris, you've been at LSU a relatively short period of time. Do you have a favorite moment or a favorite call so far in uh, your young career with the Tigers? You know, I think to me right now it's got to be uh, opening night in 2016. Uh extra inning game with Cincinnati. I mean, the box was electric. It was everything that everybody had told me it would be, uh, especially on an opening night in a non-SEC game. And then I'm thinking as the game goes on, this is not the start I want, you know, opening night, uh, calling a loss. If there's some way these guys can figure this out, it'd be awesome. And then come to find out it was a walk-off in extra innings. And, um, you know, the crowd, I mean, it was almost as if I was levitated off the chair uh, when that ball drops in shallow right field. So, you know, right now that's, that's certainly one of them. But, you know, and I've told you guys before, I don't know about individual calls, but, but every time I'm doing anything, um, you know, getting to do what I do, watch the athletes that I watch and the venues that I get to do it at, I mean, it's still, it's still really, really awesome and sometimes hard to believe. As a fan of you or a listener, is there a guy in the business that you consider the very best? Uh, the late Kaywood Ledford, a uh, longtime voice of the Kentucky Wildcats. I think he was the gold standard, and, you know, not just because I grew up in Kentucky. And my dad was a huge Kaywood Ledford fan, but, you know, Kaywood would do U.K. basketball. He did U.K. football for a number of years. I think the last seven to eight years he just did basketball. Um, but he also was handpicked by Westwood One and the NCAA to handle the Final Four. Uh, whether Kentucky was in it or not. And, you know, I, that, that impressed me as, as a young teenager or a young college student that, you know, this guy obviously is loved by Kentucky fans. He's obviously well-respected by his peers in the broadcasting industry, but he must be, for college basketball, the golden standard because that's who they choose to call the biggest games of the year, regardless of whether the Wildcats are playing or not. So Kaywood Leopard's up there, but there's a host of others. Some that are currently still on the job, but uh, I think Kaywood Leopard's probably for me the the one that I look up to the most. One more question related to Top Ten Thursday: the daunting task as we tried to put together a list of the top ten calls of all time. Do you have a favorite call or two all time in the sports world? Yeah, I think Ben Scully's uh, Kirk Douglas. I mean uh, Douglas's Kirk. Uh, my name's uh, brain's gone dead. It's the home Kirk run Gibson's in the World a, yeah. Series back in the eighties. Uh, Kirk Gibson. Excuse me. I don't know why I thought of Kirk Douglas. I must have Spartacus on the mind. Um, that one to me, I mean, you can still listen to it, and it's just, it doesn't matter. It's kind of locked in time, but it could be as relevant today as it was, you know, 30 years ago. Um, you know, to me, again, going back to Kaywood Leopard, one of the greatest calls ever uh, for me was Christian Leitner's shot uh, yeah. to beat Kentucky when uh, the Fab Five that Kentucky had, you know, the guys that, after coming off probation and Coach Patino put them together, they were all, for the most part, from the state of Kentucky, which endeared them to fans. And lo and behold, they weren't expected to do much. And here they were battling uh, for a chance to go to the biggest stage. And Christian Leitner kind of snapped all that away. It happened to be Kaywood Leopard's last game 
as the voice of the Wildcats. And what is impressive to me about it was, A, it was an incredible play, and B, the opposing broadcaster brought it to life as good as the Duke broadcaster or any of the national guys. Um, that one stands out. Uh, but, yeah, there's a whole bunch. I could go on and on and on uh, from, from every sport. Uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, LSU and Jim Althorne had several over the years. I mean, the Warren Morris home run. I, if there's a more iconic college baseball call, uh, then I haven't heard it. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things, I think, like music or bands or songs, depending on what time of the year and depending on what topic you're talking about, uh, my probably favorite calls, I don't know if I could put them in a box of ten, and they certainly would rotate from time to time. Uh, you had some great calls last night in the game versus uh, South Carolina. What do we make of the Tigers making a run at it, but ultimately falling up short on the road? Well, when we got to game day practice and, and we saw Daryl Edwards, you know, in, in warm-ups, that was a big, you know, that was a big loss. And here's why. Uh, not because Daryl Edwards is producing 16 points a game. He's really not even close to that, although he, he has had some good scoring games and has a good offensive game. Um, but defensively, a team that struggles, especially against backcourts, um, you know, that was going to be a huge loss. Plus, now you're down to really eight guys in the rotation. Uh, and while South Carolina only went about 10 deep, um, you know, it's still – when you go into overtime, every minute counts, and, and every guy that doesn't get a blow or a chance to sit rest, um, you know, you're going to be missed. And then as the game turned out, lo and behold, they go on a rampage to come down from behind 15 points in the final eight minutes. Uh, Waters with another just incredible shot to send it to overtime. But I remember thinking, and I could tell it was on John Brady's mind, how much gas was left in the tank after bringing it all the way back. I mean, they went on a really a, just an incredible, like, 16-4 to four run uh, to get that game workable. Uh, then you get to overtime, and you're just, just wondering, hoping that maybe they could get over the hump. But as it turned out, South Carolina went on an 8-0 run to start overtime, and just wasn't anything left. And in baseball, the LSU fell to Southeastern last night 5-4. to four, But in that game, Jake Slaughter came through with a big three-run homer. How big is that for his confidence moving forward as he's expected to be a big producer in this lineup? Oh, he's huge. Uh, you know, that's a guy that, you know, anybody who's played anything at, at that level understands that there's a battle physically every day, and then there's also a mental battle uh, to stay focused and stay sharp. Uh, and in baseball, my goodness, you get into a one for 20 or Oh, for 11 or whatever the, the, the slump may be, that almost becomes more of a mountain mentally than it is physically. I mean, obviously Jake has all the tools in the world. Um, talented. He's athletic. He's big. He's strong. Uh, we've watched him send balls all over the park and out of the park here at, at multiple times, both in practice and in game. So, you know, you know that he's got the tools to do it. And, and then you start this mental battle begins and, so I'm happy for him that he was able to do that, and hopefully that gets him on track. I really want to credit the coaching staff because obviously from the gallery it's easy to say, well, the guy's you know 0 for 12 or 1 for 20, whatever it is at the moment. Uh, you know he doesn't need to be in the lineup. Well, you know we see them during the games. We don't really see them in preparation. We don't see them uh, in practice. And you know I think Coach Maneri and really Coach Sean Ochinko, the hitting coach. I've done a good job of, of working with Jake to say, hey, look, man, it's baseball, it's a long season. You're going to have a lot of at-bats. 
We just got to keep working on the things we know that works for you, and you'll get out of it. So I'm hoping that that's that's what's going to turn around for him because you know he's hit the ball hard. I mean, he has squared up a number of pitches against good pitchers this year, and has hit the ball just screaming off the bat. And it's happened to be right at somebody. Uh, so you know, I think the fact that his strikeouts relative to the time we played so far this year, if you take a look at his body of work last year, I think he's certainly improved at the plate when it comes to minimizing strikeouts. So that's a good sign. Now it's just a matter of hitting it where they ain't. Chris, uh, I know you had basketball duties last week, but you, you returned to the box on uh, Sunday for uh, LSU-Texas. What was the vibe that you got after the game? I mean, LSU wins this series, but the Horns, of course, with the big win to uh, salvage that series. Was it a, a, a weird sense considering they won the series, but ultimately they had the opportunity for the sweep and they didn't capitalize? I think that pretty much sums it up. I think that they were looking to compel themselves and remind themselves that, hey, guys, we won the series two games for one uh, against a really good team. And Friday and Saturday, two pitchers that are certainly on par uh, and would be starters in the SEC. Uh, and you just walloped them on Friday night, and then you had a huge come-from-behind win, uh, and the bullpen shut them out uh, in the middle of that game on a 10-5 victory. So those are the great things. But obviously, when you finish on a Sunday and it's a loss, um, you know, it just kind of minimizes how exciting uh, a, a series victory can be. Um, now, that's what I think they were telling themselves, and I think the coaching staff was reminding them that it was a very productive weekend, certainly much improved from the first weekend of the season against Notre Dame. Problem is, everybody knows in the clubhouse, in the stands, fans all over the state and the region, the starting pitching just is not there, uh, and that those woes continue. Um, and it's not that's not breaking news for them, but it's just a constant reminder that we have got to find a way uh, as a staff uh, to get the right people in the right seats on the bus uh, to set up our games from a pitching standpoint. And right now, the starters outside of Zach Katz, who really performed well in you know the second of his two outings on the year, uh, ain't much else to look at. So. I'll be interested to see today when, when Coach speaks to the media and I'll have a chance to go over for practice, you know, if there's any major announcements. I don't know of any. I didn't arrive back in Baton Rouge till almost 11.30 last night. Uh, but I'll be interested to see what it looks like this weekend outside of Zach Hatt, if they move around some guys, if they insert some new guys. Uh, but the fact of the matter is they've got to find the right combination. And some of it's on the players, not just the coaches. It's one of the things I love about Will Wade. You know, coaches are successful. They usually aren't in the positions they're in without having been successful, had a little bit of knowledge and experience. They can put all the game plans together. They can put all the preparation together. They can draw up X's and O's and plays and all of that. But at some point, players are expected to execute. And that's really what's right now, I think, missing for LSU. And I think Coach Palmineri has shown in his over 30 years of coaching, 12 years at LSU, He's not afraid to tinker uh, with the pitchers to find the guys who are willing to go out and perform. And this early in the season, I think it's certainly up for debate. We'll see what happens this weekend. All right, Chris, another busy weekend. What's your schedule look like for this weekend? Oh, a little Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the box, a little club noon tip-off for senior day at the Merriman Center. I really hope the fans show up. I know the last two games have been disappointing. Um, I know they're desperately wanting to avoid having to play Wednesday to open the SEC tournament, um, and they still have a shot just simply because there's such a log jam in that middle part of the SEC. 
Uh, going into the game yesterday, we could have finished anywhere with a win. We could have finished anywhere from fifth to thirteenth. Um, you know, now it's still it's not total doomsday, but you got to salvage it with a win at home against Mississippi State. But you know, for what this team has done, and we're talking about, should they get in the NCAA? Should they go to the NIT? You know, back in early November, I don't. I'm not sure that any of that was even part of the discussion for anybody. The most purple and gold fan, I don't think, was expecting to be talking about it. So I'm hoping the fans show up, send out the three seniors. We've got six members of the basketball family that will be part of the program for the final time this Saturday. And for the job they've done this season, I would love to see a great crowd send these guys out uh, the right way. So do basketball on Saturday, run over the box Saturday afternoon, and then do it again on Sunday, and uh, then get ready to head to St. Louis sometime next week, probably on Tuesday. And we encourage all listeners to enjoy your uh, view from the court side, your previews on LSU sports, and then, of course, uh, the other stuff you do in terms of uh, getting people ready for a big matchup on the baseball side. Appreciate it, bud. All righty, guys. Have a wonderful weekend. You too. Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers. We set him up with that uh, memorable call in Georgia Southern. I thought he was basically wiping away tears. That's what it was. <laughs> no. I thought we got him all choked I up. I don't think that was the case at all. Um Larry and Munro says, what about the call in the 2007 LSU-Auburn game by both Jim Hawthorne and ESPN's call, the pass from Matt Flynn and the catch by Demetrius Berry? It was good. Very good call. I believe that was uh, actually Mike Patrick who had that call, who just recently retired for ESPN. As we go to break and get ready for uh, the top seven on our top ten best calls of all time, here's one more call from uh, Chris Blair. Pretty good run by Darius Geis, courtesy of LSU Sports Radio. Geis will get the call, leaps over a defender, now gets up ahead of steam, up across the 15, hits the far sideline, 30, 40, across midfield. One man trying to get an angle at the 30, 20, 15, 10, there's a Tiger loose on the field. Geis into the end zone, touchdown Tigers, 96 yards on the run for Darius Geis. Whatever car you're looking for, Whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road car king. Growth, efficiency, professionalism, qualified staff. It's what all healthcare facilities are aspiring for, and that is what we do. Legacy Rehabilitation, offering physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for a wide variety of healthcare facilities, including acute care hospitals, inpatient rehab, long term care facilities, and outpatient therapy clinics. Whether you have staffing, management, or consulting needs, Legacy is awaiting your call. Call 318 255 5980 for more information or visit legacyrehab.net. Legacy Rehabilitation. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. 
Welcome back to the show on Top 10 Thursday. All right, you want to review uh, some of the nominations or honorable mentions and what we've gone through in the Top 10 so far, Jake? Sure. All right, honorable mentions. Well, let's just do the Top 10 we've got so many honorable mentions. Yeah. At 10, we had Jim Hawthorne call in the Warren Moore shot. Good call. Great call. Uh, nine, we had the Hobnail Boot. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight, we had Tiger Woods, Vern, uh, Vern Lundquist call of the 2005 Masters. And at seven, we had Kirk Gibson's walk-off homer. Mm. Actually have a tie for seven. We do so, have a tie. And this one is very recent. In fact, uh, what, uh, 2016. Yes. And uh, Jim Nance, you pile on him quite a bit. I do not. I, you pile on him. Uh, I don't hate Jim Nance. To set it up, of course, uh, North Carolina comes down. I think we got the entire series here. So this is what it sounded like. Villanova versus North Carolina, courtesy of CBS Sports. Go length of the court with Archie Diakono. Three seconds at midcourt. Jenkins gives it to Jenkins for the championship. The national champions with Jenkins hitting the winner at the buzzer. Jim, they're going to check it. I thought it was good live, but how about those onions? A counter. Double order. Sauteed if it's good. Well, they're going to check the clock if there's any time. And, boy, they've got a problem on their hands if they do because the streamers, the confetti, they would have to clear it. Watch this. And the recognition of Arch finding Jenkins. Miscommunication it's by out. North Carolina. It's, out. it's, 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 it's good. all the way. How about that? The wow. officials on the far side have already walked away now after seeing it. A national championship buzzer beater. For the title. All right, so that was like half of the call. The, what made that call special? Well, the, the, the problem was, of course, Villanova comes out. down, and then there's literally uh, two or three minutes that separate that shot because there's a timeout to when Marcus they Page. come down and make. So Marcus Page makes the shot to tie the game with four seconds yeah. left, yeah. and I thought it was a brilliant call because I, I I can't remember which which announcer said it, but somebody said. How did he do that? Because it was an off-balance shot. It should have never went in. He should have never had a prayer, but it went in. How did he do that? I, I, that gives me chills hearing it. And then they come back, and Chris Jenkins hits, hits the three to, to win the game. Nance nailed it. Nance nailed it. And Rafferty, of course. I thought uh, the whole thing Rafferty together. With the onions, saute, yeah. thrown in. That's color. It is. It's good. I, I thought the whole thing together w- 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 was really, really well done. And for that to be TV, too. Yeah. You know, that's what makes it even more special to me. I think as time goes on, that's really going to age well. <laughs> I like when Jake talks about aging well. <laughs> the millennial Something lovers. you don't know a whole lot about, Aaron. <laughs> all right, at number six. <laughs> oh, I thought we were on parting shots. Uh, all right, six. This is iconic. Uh, I don't think you need to set it up too much. I don't need it. I'll, you can just play. November 20th, 1982, Stanford is played. And there's a band. Harmon will probably try to squib it, and he does. Ball comes loose, and the Bears have to get out of bounds. Rodgers along the sideline. Another one. They're still in deep trouble at midfield. They tried to do a couple of... The ball is still loose as they get it to Rodgers. They give it back now to the 30. They're down to the 20. Oh, the band is out on the field. He's going to go into the end zone. He's going into the end zone. Will it count? We don't know who won the game. 
Start a thing. He was brainstorming there on the air live. Oh man, that that's that's good uh, stuff. Man. Hey, that's top three, man. Top three. Yeah. Five yeah. laterals. I thought about it. I like, I like all five more than that. Was one. that better than last week or two weeks ago? Trinity and Millsaps, the thirteen <laughs> laterals that they had to win the game. Slightly, slightly. The but, band uh, being on the field. Yeah, it, yeah, it's good stuff, dude. Yeah. It's it's everybody knows it. Everybody knows that call. Like yeah. it's it's everything. It, it meets every criteria. Um, you could argue top three. I'll, I'll give you that argument. I just liked the the five that we have in top five a little bit better. Without giving it away, as we will go to break here in a minute, what separates these top five from perhaps the others? Um, I here's the deal. I think it's all about what you love more. What you at this point? Because I think all five of them. I'll tell you, two of them in the top five. Well, actually, three of them. They. They depict the emotion. Mm. They there's a there's an extra layer of story behind it. Mm. I don't want to give away too much, but. You know, when we break it down, we'll we'll get into detail over it. But that's what separates it for me is you can sense the history mm. of it, right? And that's that's what separates it for me. Can you guess the top five? 888-993-7762, the Stuart Shelby State from Hotline slash text line. Go to StuartShelby.com for a free quote. Coming up after the break, the top five and, of course, uh, our parting shots in the final 30 minutes of the morning drive. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. The Bulldogs will be in Frisco, Texas, March 2nd through the 4th as they participate in the Frisco College Baseball Classic. The Classic is taking place at Dr. Pepper Ballpark and includes Texas A&M, Baylor, and Cal. Join the Louisiana Tech family as Tech takes over Frisco, Texas. Presented by Peary and Origin Bank, you can purchase tickets to the Classic by contacting the ticket office at 318-257-3631 to guarantee seating with other Bulldog faithful. Now let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Ty wants to know how come we've not had any soccer calls yet. Don't understand half of them, and the other half of it is it just consists of this. Goal! 
<laughs> yeah. I think anybody can do that, right? Oh. Throw in a little shade. <laughs> Sorry. For football. Yeah. Top five. Let's Top go. five. So here, number five here is – I honestly went back and forth with this and the band being on the field. Um, it, I think it could go either way. There's one line in particular here. It's the only reason why I, I ranked it higher, and I think you'll know what that is when we play it. And this is the Homer broadcast, correct? Yes. Let's play number five. Do the Titans have a miracle left in them? In what has been a magical season to this point. If they do, they need it now. Christie kicks it high and short. Going to be fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25. Yeah, pitches it, it back to Wycheck. He throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something. 30, He's 40, got something. 50, He's got it. 40, He's got it. 20, 10, He's got it. End zone. Touchdown, Titans. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. There are no flags on the field. That gets me. You didn't have a problem with the color guy. He's got it. No, I liked it. it. I I thought it worked. Mm -hmm. I I did. I thought it worked. He was he was the the common man, right? He was the guy the color guy was just like he he's got it. This is gonna work. And meanwhile the play by play guy is actually calling the play. I thought it worked well together. Yeah. Certainly worthy of being in the top five. Do you think uh, it's better than the band call? No. Okay. I, I, I'm not, not even. Close. I'm not gonna fight you. Uh, it's close. Yeah. I think both are really great. Yeah. Um, but there, there are no flags on the field. The way the pitch that he he delivers that it just oh, mm. it's so good. All right, we're all the way down to number four, and boy, you talk about nailing it on several different fronts. All you have to say is pick six. Well, I guess if this thing comes up short, he can field it and run it out. All right, here we go. 56-yarder. It's got, no, does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. He ran the missed field goal back. He ran it back 109 yards. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Holy cow. Oh, my God. Auburn wins. Auburn has won the Iron Bowl. Auburn has won the Iron Bowl in the most unbelievable fashion you will ever see. I cannot believe it. 34-28. And we thought a miracle in Jordan-Hare was amazing. Oh, my Lord in heaven. Chris Davis just read it. 109 yards. And Auburn is going to the championship game. I know it's recent, but I love this call so much. Because the play-by-play man is calling the play as it unfolds, and you as a viewer or a listener yeah. are represented by that color guy yeah. who shakes the disbelief and realizes that they are seriously going to win this game in one of the most dramatic fashions of all time. I love it. I think both guys work it perfectly. That's that's top five for me. Richie says number one has to be a 19 19- 87 at WrestleMania 3 when Hogan body slammed Andre. (laughs) 
or at least we need to have a uh, Jim Ross. In yeah, there that's, Ty said that. Uh, Ty, Ty said we need some Jim Ross, so we're getting a lot of WWE. Uh, another text here. Please tell me you have the call from a Monday Night Football game when the streaker was on the field last year. That coming from Matt says it was epic. Yeah. So kick six. We're talking about some iconic calls here. Yeah. And and our and our list here with with the band on the field, the Music City Miracle. You think kick six should be included with those? For college football. And we don't even have what uh, uh, the Hail Mary with uh, Doug Flutie. Yeah, I listened to it. It's it's good. I, I just It's all about subjective. I thought these were better. Yeah. It should have been our honorable mentions. I forgot to write that one down for honorable mentions. But I did check. Uh, you know, we I, could have had an honorable mentions list name, of literally 50. It, really. You could name stuff, and I, I'll tell you that I most likely listened to it mm. and, and thought about it. Mm. Um, but I just – this kick six, man, like I just said, he, because you're into, as when you watch that unfold, you don't believe what you're seeing, yeah. right? You're like, surely he's going to get tackled. And then when he reaches the midfield and you see that nobody's going to catch him, he just he just chimes in, oh my God. Like, that's, that's good stuff, man. I'm impressed. Uh, typically, millennials let me down, Jake, and uh, somehow you uh, look back in the history books. And you gave some credence to the number three call of all time. Yeah, I don't even think we have to set this one up. You can just play it. 50s. Who had better audio, the Giants in the 50s or <laughs> Georgia in 2001? <laughs> Number three. All right, now anywhere else probably in the country, this would probably not be number two. No, but I will say this. I tried my best to be unbiased yeah. about this. And the you more talk about a call that has aged well. The more and you I more appreciate it. And honestly, Aaron, I forgot how great it was. Yeah. The more I listened to it, the more I was like, this really does stack up with any of the greats of all time. Well, this is the thing with this. We remember the eight second, the clip, because you have to have a classic line to really kind of put it over the top. Sure. Plus, of course, sure. the moment and the thing that sets it up. But uh, we're going to play the expanded clip here, and everybody's going to know what it is once we play it. But just listen to the entire clip, and there was more than just the eight seconds that we all remember. We believed in you all along. Yep. And so, somewhere on the sideline, John Carney has bitten his fingernails down through the cuticles. He's down to the second knuckle on every hand about right now because he is the uh, Saints kicking consultant and he has been the mentor for Garrett Hartley who is about to attempt to kick the Saints 
into the first Super Bowl in their 43-year history. And I mean, how ironic was it that this morning in the paper that Garrett Hartley was talking about that, the pressure that's on kickers, the number of field goals that have been missed in the postseason. There have been a lot of them. Saints fans don't want to see another. Snap, placement, kick by Hartley, and it is, it is good! It's good! It's good! <laughs> Pigs have flown! Hell is frozen over! The Saints are on their way to the Super Bowl! I'll tell you what, Garrett Hartley, I mean, you can kind of tell by his body language out there on the field that he felt like, I think I've got this thing done. Now you're going to Miami. Is there a city anywhere in America that deserves this more than the New Orleans Saints? Let's go right down to Christian Garrett. Hey, I'm here with a safe fan. and goal having the time of their lives in the city that will not sleep tonight. All one, Saints fans, worldwide. All one. Jim Henderson, the true professional, pulled that all together. Going to the sideline reporter at that moment and with the fan. Now as I hear it for the fourth or fifth time, the entire version, that part should have been edited out. Henderson could have carried that moment with Hokey. He should have, and yeah. It would have been even, we put it even more over the top. But we're nitpicking right there. Just an incredible call by a Hall of Famer and Jim Henry. So forget the hell has frozen over line. Yeah. And that's all great. The way he says good yeah. is something I think all Saints fans can feel. It's a man. I've suffered for so long watching this franchise blow it. I really can't believe what I'm watching. I never thought I'd see this day. Yeah. That's I mean, the way he delivers it, that's it's so perfect, man. It's so perfect. It makes the hair on my neck stand yeah. up. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's it's worthy of being number two. We have it at number two. Probably other places in the country wouldn't even uh, crack right. the top ten sure. or even get an honorable mention. But that certainly deserves its due. All right, number one, probably no guess what wins the all-time greatest call of all time. Heads off control. Back to Parlamar. Skating in on the left side. Into the American end, 55 seconds, but Mikhailov has the puck. Mikhailov sweeping in, out in front, backhander goes wide. I think Craig might have got it just a piece of it. Mikhailov, back out to Billy Legendov. 43 seconds remaining. Morrow, checked into the boards, it comes back to center ice. 38, 37 seconds left in the game. Petrov with it, the Americans on top, 4-3. to three. Long shot, Craig able to get a piece of it to sweep it away. 28 seconds. The crowd going insane. Carlemont shooting it into the American end again. Morrow is back there. Now Johnson, 19 seconds. Johnson over to Ramsey. Billy Lechenov gets checked by Ramsey. McClanahan is there. The puck is still loose. 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to Schultz. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in It's the race against the clock. Mm-hmm. And it's, the crowd is building uh-huh. as the tick is, is counts it down. 
and he Al Michaels. He, he portrays the urgency. Uh, and, as and he's still naming down, the names of the Russian players that are mouthfuls. <laughs> this is awesome, man. That's you, you go back, and we hear the audio clip there, but you go back, what was the deal with the ice back there? It looked blue. It did look blue, didn't it? <laughs> uh, the thing about this, uh, tape delayed, uh, and I, I was nine when this took place, and I remember watching it, and, you know, I was in a rural Iowa community, and, of course, you're all in, and – one probably the first, not the last time I got upset with local news. I do remember it was around 9:45, and uh, they do one of those local cut-ins, and the guy comes on, and he says uh, to the fact, "Hey, uh, Americans, they knock off the Russians." <laughs> it was during a commercial break, and oh, I was just like, "You got to be kidding me!" Why? Yeah. So as a nine-year-old, spoiler, yeah, spoiler alert for the nine-year-old. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Why that sticks out. You know, you remember no, where you, I would remember, where you remember and certain things happen and why that sticks. That, so. that would have infuriated me. <laughs> Man. But, no, that is that is awesome. Awesome stuff from Al Michaels, one of the goats. Yeah. Um, I like our list. I think I think the list is pretty dang solid. You yeah. can poke holes here and there. Um, sure, our, our, there's some, you know, some subjective parts to it. But yeah. overall – Overall, I think you know some biased parts to it. I'm not say, but overall, I think it's I think it's pretty dang good. All right, what says you? Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. Coming up next, our parting shots as we wrap up the show for the day on this top ten Thursday. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs. King of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Hi, I'm Greg Tilly in Bossier City. For 40 years now, we've been awarded the biggest volume dealer with the most competitive pricing in the United States. How about a brand new double wide, finished sheetrock and loaded for only $62,995. See it at Tilly'sHomes.com or visit us in Bossier City. In theaters tomorrow, Bruce Willis stars in Eli Ross' reimagination of the original action film Death Wish. After his wife and daughter are brutally attacked, a family man morphs into a badass revenge machine when the system fails him. You'll find yourself asking... How far would I go to protect my family? Is this right or wrong? Bruce makes this modern-day vigilante both a force to reckon with and deeply human. Full of swagger with a bit of that classic Willis wink. Don't miss Death Wish in theaters tomorrow. Hey, this is Doug Gottlieb with a very important message. If you think a train will stop if it sees your car in the tracks, you're right, it will, about a mile after it hits you, which surprisingly happens more than you think to people who try and beat trains across the tracks. In 2015 alone, 230 people were killed at railroad crossings. So next time you see a train approaching, don't try and beat it, because statistics show you might lose. Stop. Trains can't. Paid for by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Good morning. Here's latest weather conditions for our area. Showers and thunderstorms in the forecast for today, ending by noon and a high of 68 degrees. Decreasing cloudiness and a bit cool tonight, a low 43. Plenty of sunshine in the forecast for tomorrow with a high of 65 degrees. Local sports talk is on the air. On the morning drive, this hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. 
All right, Jake, uh, here's an idea that I hope you do not uh, carry on to one of our top ten ideas. Our softball guru said top ten things in softball. Ten, home run. Is that next week? Nine, shutout. Eight, strikeout. Seven, grand slam. Six, a suicide. Five, a double steal. Four, a pickoff. Pickoff's getting way too much respect. Way right too there. much, man. Uh, three for three. Uh, three is uh, four for four. Two is hitting for the cycle. And the number one thing in softball? Perfect game. Uh, got a no-hitter. Perfect game would probably be. Perfect game trumps no-hitter. Yeah. Pickoff. Uh, doesn't do much for the highlights. Quite frankly, it doesn't make a highlight very often. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Has it ever made a Well, his, comment, his uh, response would be, well, you haven't been to a softball game <laughs> in a while. So who knows? <laughs> Touche. All right, we'll see what we come up with next week with top ten. We don't have to do a softball one, though. We just gave it to you. There you go. Yeah, top ten game endings. Ooh, Sherman coming out with some good good stuff. Let's get to our parting shot. May God give you for every storm a rainbow. For the end zone for Cangelosi. Touchdown, Bulldogs. Touchdown, Bulldogs. Touchdown, Bulldogs. You've got to love it. For every tear, a smile. Warhawks win. Golden Browning scores. For every care, a promise. And when the game is over, you just make damn sure we're back in this locker room sousing ourselves for rings. You got that? Yes, sir. For every sigh, a sweet song and an answer for each prayer. Count! Count! Touchdown! I do not believe it! The Tigers pulled off another miracle! I've always needed you more than you've ever needed me, and I'll miss our time together. Well played there by uh, Tabor with some of the uh, great local calls involved in that parting mm-hmm. shot segment. Uh, speaking of uh, local and some of the headlines from uh, last night going into this morning, I, I guess the biggest, don't lead with the Pels very often, but the fact they still got this thing rolling along. Uh, historic win in San Antonio, only the fifth time that they have won there and the fact that they were down by double digits there in the second half, and you look at San Antonio's track record, they were 211-0 and zero when leading by double digits in the second half at home, and now they're 211-1. and one. Love it. Yeah, this is the Pelicans' seventh win in a row, and like you said, the Spurs led by 15, and the Pelicans rallied back. They got their first lead of the game with less than two minutes to go. And finished it off. Anthony Davis got a big offensive rebound off the missed free throw to seal that deal. Davis ends up with 26 points, 15 rebounds. So he ends February by averaging 35 points and 15 rebounds for the month. Uh, Only Moses Malone has been the only player to accomplish such a feat in one month. Pels looking good right now. College baseball last night. The biggest news probably being uh, Southeastern getting an opportunity to play host to LSU and the Lions capitalized by winning a thriller 5-4. to four. The Tigers rallied late or tried to rally late thanks to former OCS standout Jake Slaughter. He was in a uh, bit of a slump, entered the game by just with three hits on the year, three of 27, but he comes through with a big three-run home run to give him a shot in this game. But ultimately, Southeastern gets the best of the Tigers. Yeah, Johnny Holstaff failed LSU. Uh, Todd Peterson and uh, Trent uh, Vetmeyer got rocked in that game and other than that I mean LSU's pitching staff did pretty well but uh those two guys Ty Peterson who you know preseason was your Sunday starter was most recently your Sunday starter I think he's lost that role and uh Trent Wittmeyer who's been one of your most reliable guys coming out of the pen both guys failed last night so 
LSU still has more pitching questions. Uh, they can't, you know, they need to get healthier. I mean, they need Lavis back. He's supposed to be coming back soon, and um, we'll see if that, you know, changes things. Diamond Dogs last night, Lane Burrow squaring off against his former team, Northwestern State. They lose this ball game in extra innings, six to four in the tenth. A uh, couple things of note here, especially the pitching performance the Dogs got on the mound from uh, David Leal. He continues to get it done in midweek games. He had 12 Ks in six-plus innings. They basically had to pull him because I think he was at his pitch count. I think he had 101 pitches at the point. Uh, at that point, uh, the bullpen kind of failed him from then on. With that said, Tech trailed 2-1. to one. They rallied to tie it back up and then down 4-2. to two. And it does not look good in the bottom of the ninth. Then this takes place courtesy of Louisiana Tech Sports Radio. The call with the Hall of Famer, Dave Nick. Runners second and third with one out. The pitch to Mallard. Hit toward left center field. It's going to be in there for extra bases. It's going to go all the way to the wall. One run will score. Two runs will score. Mallard's going to try to go to third. And he is in there with a triple. Oh, you got to love that. So looking good at that point, only one out. The Dogs are literally have a guy on third base, get a sack fly, you win the game. They uh, intentionally walk the next hitter, sets up the possibility for a potential double play. Southeastern gets the double play, and, of course, they're out of the jam. Then ultimately in the 10th inning, they push across two runs to get the victory. After the game, uh, Lane Burroughs, not a happy camper, says right now the Diamond Dogs are not a very good baseball team. Doesn't get any easier for them this weekend as they go to Frisco to take on at least two heavyweights in Texas A&M and also Baylor. Kale part of that weekend up in Frisco. Yeah, the offense has to catch up to the pitching right now. And you talked about Leal's big night last night. Well, on the year, he hasn't allowed a walk and has only allowed one run and has struck out 18. So he is dealing for the Diamond Dogs right now. Uh, Other uh, storylines from last night, LSU basketball put up a fight. Uh, make it interesting late as uh, Tremont Waters continues to get it done. But ultimately, Jake, uh, this does not help their resume for the CIT or the CBI. <laughs> Stop. Why are you so salty? Uh, no, they give them credit. They fought back. They were down by 15 in the second half. They fought back. They um, tied it up, like you said, on that Tremont Waters buzzer beater. But they ran a gas. Overtime started. They didn't make a point. They didn't score a basket until 45 seconds left in the overtime period. So, yeah, it was uh, it was rough, but um, you know they the, the opportunities to play in the NCAA tournament have already you know gone by. Now it's just about picking up some wins, maybe getting a few wins in the SC tournament to, to get an NIT bid. You look at tonight, uh, basketball, college basketball scene. The late Texers are at Rice as they will wrap up the regular season. Big game for them as they try to climb up or at least get a first round by in a top four seed in that conference. ULM, uh, the Warhawks, uh, will try to get back on track after dropping one on Saturday. They've been playing extremely well, though. They square off against the Little Rock squad. The Trojans have been struggling for the last uh, six weeks or so. In fact, I think they've lost, if my math is correct, 10 of their last 11. number of those games have been tight, have been close. You would certainly like ULM's chances at home uh, squaring off against Little Rock. But with that said, earlier this year, the Trojans got the best of the Warhawks. Uh, big opportunity. I know I'm going to preach till I'm blue in the face, but uh, hopefully uh, ULM will get a nice crowd out there because this is a fun team to watch. Get out and support them. If you just want some entertainment value, check it out.
Awesome. Check it out. Yeah, good good pitch, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's I, more of a commercial than I, I've heard so far on I radio or TV. I knew that was coming. AJ says, uh, crazy how Pelican's doing so well without Cousins. What's the excuse for not winning early? Bad coaching. Well, I think it was all about getting to play together. And, and really, you needed to integrate Rajon Rondo, and you needed to get Drew Holiday back to his old self, which he's, he's been playing really great. I think he had another big game last night. Um, but And they were playing well when, when Boogie was healthy. You know, down the stretch, they entered the All-Star break really hot. And uh, then, of course, he he got hurt, and that, that all went sour. Uh, did your Twitter blow up last night with uh, James Harden? Yes, that move he put. Oh, my God. Do you think it was even that big of a move or just I a think guy? it was a push-off, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. There was contact. Uh, who was that that fell on their rump and got thoroughly I embarrassed? Don't, I don't remember who it was. If you haven't seen the highlight yet, basically Harden puts on a pretty sick move. A defender falls, lays on the ground, and then Harden, to add insult to injury, basically stares him down for it felt like Wipes, five seconds yeah. uh, for a second or two, and then he finishes the act by draining the three-pointer. Yeah. The reactions in the crowd were the best. <laughs> Did you see the other night uh, JaVale McGee hit that turnaround fadeaway to uh, to beat um, – Wesley Johnson, Josh Wazen. Thank you. Research department. Good deal. Uh, but JaVale McGee, um, I believe it was against the Wizards, and John Stewart was in the crowd. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. Oh, his reaction to the JaVale <laughs> yeah. McGee shot. Oh, if yeah. you haven't seen that, look that up. That is hilarious. Yeah. They just cut to him, and he's just his hands on his head. And he's Mouth just total disbelief. Open. Yeah. Yeah. Love cutaways of the fans. Nothing's better, though, than college football cutaways oh, of the, Alabama the fans. The surrender cobra. Yes, yeah. Alabama fans in disgust. Yes. Doesn't happen often, but when it does. I was about to say, I can only <laughs> think of a handful of times, but, uh, yeah, that is great when it does happen. All right. Uh, tomorrow should be a busy day, and we're going to try to fill it up with some uh, entertaining guests and some other things. It should be an exciting weekend. Tomorrow we got, what, uh, girls playing for state championships, uh, mm-hmm. four of them. We have uh, the boys' quarterfinal uh, matchups, including a huge one with Wasman versus Carroll. I made a trip over to Carroll yesterday. As you would anticipate, the Bulldogs fired up to get one more shot at the Wildcats. Fourth meeting between these two teams this year. And you've also got the Trey Altic baseball tournament, which is actually taking place tonight, Start getting started tonight, and uh, we'll carry it through the weekend. So we'll have some baseball talk, maybe give you a little bit of a baseball preview for this upcoming season. That was fun today, Top 10 Thursday. Fabulous job on the board. John Tabor, everybody have a fantastic day. The Edge with a very dapper Puff Daddy and Terry Waldrop coming up after the break. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.